Alright, so Michael Pittman Jr., franchise tag, re-signed to a new contract. No matter what the deal may be, here's the bottom line. The Indianapolis Colts cannot afford, under any circumstance whatsoever, to let Michael Pittman Jr. walk away in free agency. It's just that simple. Uh, I mean, it's shocking, actually, on some levels, that this is still a discussion. I wish it wasn't, but uh, I'm willing to have it, of course, because I'm the guy behind the screen that talks about the Colts. I can't not, right? And now the reality is that going in to March 5th, which is the deadline for teams to put franchise tags on players, right? Barring a franchise tag on Michael Pittman Jr., we aren't really going to see anything get done in terms of the contract. He's been very open about the fact that he feels he should be testing free agency, that that's just in his best interest, as he should, by the way. If I was him, I would do the same thing. Getting into free agency is something that only happens a couple times, especially in a player of his caliber. Only a couple times in your career, uh, especially the first time for Michael Pittman Jr. He has every right to go test free agency, I understand. Right now, I do feel in a perfect world that the Colts would re-sign him to a long-term deal. Right, I've been very clear on how I feel about putting the franchise tag on players that have done what Michael Pittman has done. I just think in many ways... It's bad business. Now, let me explain myself because I know I say bad business, and a lot of you guys are like, what are you talking about? It's perfect business, okay, right? I understand why you would do the franchise tag from like a leverage standpoint and how it makes sense with like having financial flexibility moving into the season and into next season. I understand all of that to be true, right? But business, despite what you may want to believe, is not just the numbers, right? It's the relationships, and this isn't just me being, like, a nice guy. This isn't me trying to, like, fight for the players or anything like that. I mean, ask any employer or successful entrepreneur, what is more important, maximizing your bottom line revenue and profit or putting together a kick-ass team? Because make no mistake, when you are investing in your team, you are investing in your future and in your company's growth and in potential revenues being higher in the future, particularly when you are in the business of winning. Winning brings in more money. As Shane Steichen is so eloquent in telling all of us all the time, all that matters in this is winning, right? We could have positives all around, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't translate into wins, this is a winning business, right? So when you're in the business of winning, investing in your team is ultimately the best way to go about things. Now, that's not to say... You just pay anyone anything they want, no matter what they do. But great employees don't exactly grow on trees. And that is exactly what Michael Pittman Jr. has been. Now, I feel if the Colts were to franchise a tag or franchise tag a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., it it does them absolutely no favors whatsoever in attracting potential free agents, right? Particularly when you take into account that Indianapolis is a small market. I don't say that to diss the city of Indianapolis, but the truth is the absolute truth. Of course, the Colts have a level of prestige because of the greatness we've seen from them uh, with Peyton Manning and in part Andrew Luck during the 2000s, right? But it's not New York. It's not Los Angeles. It's not Texas, right? It's Indiana. Again, it's not a diss, but the truth is the truth when it comes to sports markets. Now, 
I, I want you to imagine this, right? Because I think a lot of people look at this and say, well, Pittman, why, what does it matter, right? What does it matter if he gets the franchise tag, if he gets the long-term deal? Why should Pittman have any problem with this? Okay, let me just explain myself because there's a human element to this, right? I understand that he makes more money than all of us would make, that all of us could even dream about making, right? So I understand it's not easy to cry tears for the rich, but at the same time, this is a human being. This is all relative, right? So imagine you were looking for a job. Perhaps you've been looking for a job or perhaps you've looked for a job before. Have you ever looked at like Indeed or Glassdoor? These are the websites that you go and you have employees or former employees that go ahead and list kind of what it was like to work for the company in question, right? Now, imagine you read what an employee said and you said, oh, the work environment was okay, but I worked really, really hard all year. And I always came in when they asked me and anything they needed me to do, I was there immediately. And at the end of the year, I got like a 1% raise or they told me no to a raise or I didn't get a raise at all, right? Imagine you see that and just, just the guy says like, hey, they did not or the girl, right? And say, so we all get jobs, says they didn't take care of me. That employer did not take care of me. When you read something like that, does that make you want to work there more or does that make you want to work there less? And that is not a trick question. That is an obvious question. The answer to that is clear. If you tell yourself anything other than, of course, I wouldn't want to work for that place, you're being very dishonest with yourself, right? So now imagine you are Michael Pittman Jr., right? You had JT going through his contract negotiations. Now, Jonathan Taylor and his agent whoever it may be. I don't want to pin it just on Jonathan, but at the same time, who else are you going to pin it on, right? The way they handled that situation is not at all the way that I would have handled that situation. But nonetheless, you have him and Michael Pittman Jr., both rookies in the same year, meaning that they're both ending their rookie contract at the same time, going into the same free agency, all the deal. They're the two most important skill position players in the Colts offense. Michael Pittman Jr. had just as much of a gripe to get his money as Jonathan Taylor did, right? And during that, when Jonathan Taylor is holding out, and perhaps we're thinking he may never play a snap for the Colts again, despite the fact that he had absolutely no choice whatsoever, but he was certainly trying his hardest. He was playing hardball, right, with the Indianapolis Colts. Michael Pittman Jr. asked about his contract during that time, and what he said to the media was like, listen, I'm willing to wait this thing out. Like, I'm willing to, not that he said, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I'm willing to act in good faith. I trust that if I handle this the right way, that when we go into the offseason, the team's going to take care of me, right? So imagine he does that, which he did. The ultimate team move, right? The good guy move, acting in good faith on behalf of the organization, right? Then you couple that with the way he played. You got week one against Jacksonville. Between the week one losses and the Jacksonville Jaguars, that game was a huge game. We had a level of excitement coming into this season that we hadn't had in quite some time. And for a little bit of that game, we were kind of electric. Down 14 to 7, he takes a screen to the house. Now, we didn't win the game. It's not really my point. That's a big time play by Michael Pittman in a big game. How about in overtime against Baltimore, which we ended up winning, right? You remember he stole that one from the defender, just absolutely picked it out of his hands, right? I mean, there are parts of the country that they would put Michael Pittman in jail for assault. For what he did to that Baltimore defender, okay? The game winner against the Titans, right? Played play after play after play after play that Michael Pittman Jr. made for the Indianapolis Colts this year, right? You can call him a possession receiver all you want, by the way, for some of you guys who don't like him as if catching the damn ball is a bad thing. I mean, like, come on, right? Like, 
oh man, the only thing he does well is catch every fucking pass that comes his way. Oh, boo-hoo, what a bad receiver he is, right? But my point is that you look at that. You look at the fact that we played one game without him this year against the Atlanta Falcons. It was horrific, right? 30-13, to our offense could not do anything whatsoever to the point where it could be argued that Michael Pittman Jr. is even more important to this offense than Jonathan Taylor. In fact, I think Zach Moss made made that case very, very clear, quite frankly. So now put yourself in his shoes if you're Michael Pittman Jr. You acted in good faith. You played amazing, right? And the one game they played without you, they were terrible. And that's not to say he's keeping count all season or anything like that. But at the same time, you have teams, imagine, in free agency, all of which are willing to give you multi-year deals. You've never played a single snap for them. You never did any of this stuff for them, right? You never made all these great plays. You never were a team player. They've never dealt with you. All of these things, they're willing to give you a multi-year deal that provides you and your family with a level of security. And then there's the team in the Indianapolis Colts in which you've done all of this for, and they don't have the same desires to pay you that way. And let's say Michael Pittman Jr., hypothetically speaking, was to get upset about that, right? Imagine they do that, and next year he holds out because he says, not for anything, I wanted my money, and I didn't really have a choice here. Is that just sour grapes by Michael Pittman Jr.? In my opinion, I, I don't think it is. Like, again, I get hard to cry tears for the rich, but at the same time, I, I mean, there is a level of that. It's the principle. That, that is really not great. I, I, I mean, if you are a player, right, really in a business relationship, you have the employer, you have the employee, right? Or, or you have the person selling and the person buying, whatever it may be on some levels, you kind of want to feel like the person across from you is not just, you know, like you have a partner here, right? Like you're working together. And if Michael Pittman Jr. is to do everything he's supposed to do on his end and then some, and then some, he's been more Everything and more they've wanted out of Michael Pittman Jr. When they drafted him in the second round, he has been. So he has held up his end of the bargain all the way and done it with class. If the Colts don't return that favor on the other end, I mean, I don't know what about that with you who does not want Michael Pittman Jr. here because that's really who I'm talking to right now, right? I don't know what part of that sits well with you. Like, again, as I was saying, why would someone else want to come here? If we are to handle things that way, to me, it's just that's bad business to me, right? It's something that isn't just the dollars and cents that has to do with the prospects of us winning, which is the business that we are in. And even with Michael Pittman Jr. to hammer the point home even more, even with him on the roster, right? We all feel like we can use someone else at receiver. We don't think the room stinks completely. It's not our worst room. But at the same time, a wide receiver is on all of our minds as something that could improve us, right? So if we lose him, not only do we need one, we need two, right? So how is that going to work? Okay, and not for anything. If you're the type of person that wants to see Michael Pittman walk because you think he's not worth the money, I certainly hope that you're not the type of person that gets on Chris Ballard for pinching his pennies, right? Because if so, perhaps you might want to rethink your stance on one of those two issues. I mean, that's wildly inconsistent, right? If you think Chris Ballard it doesn't spend any money and you're like, oh, he's got to pay someone. And then all of a sudden you have Michael Pittman Jr., who's basically the best free agent wide receiver in the class when you take into account age and all. And he doesn't pay him. You're okay with that, but you're not bargain bin Ballard. Do you get where I'm coming from here? 
I'm just trying to point out the flaws in the logic that, that is letting Michael Pittman Jr. go. And, and I don't know if you think that Josh Downs, who I love, I think is going to be a star in this league. If you think that without Michael Pittman Jr., he would step up into that number one role, I'm not saying he couldn't, but he does not bring what Michael Pittman Jr. brings to the table. Now, there are things that Josh Downs himself brings in terms of lateral movement and agility and some of this stuff that you don't get out of Michael Pittman Jr. But make no mistake, Michael Pittman Jr. is a big-time receiver in this league, and there are going to be people clamoring for his services, right? If you don't want him around, be careful what you wish for because you might just get it, and it's not going to be a pretty thing, right? Now, all of that being said about the franchise tag, I know we're not talking baseball, but this is where the episode is about to take a curveball, right? Someone in the comments of one of my recent videos brought up an interesting scenario that involves the franchise tag and Michael Pittman Jr., more specifically giving it to him. Now, is this scenario likely? No. In fact, there's probably like a 2% chance that it happens at most, right? But it was a very fun topic to, to ponder. I've been thinking about it ever since I read it, and one that I hadn't quite considered. Now, I'm going to talk about it, and here's a hint as to what it is, right? It would be a move. It would result in a move that may be more talked about more desired, more clamored for, however you want to put it, by Colts fans than any other possible move this team can make this offseason. And we're going to talk about it. But before we do, you know, i got to introduce myself. My name is Justin. This right here is the Ride on the Bench Colts podcast. As always, I ask anyone watching the video and enjoying, go ahead, shoot it a like. It's going to help me get out to as many Colts fans as humanly possible. If you're on the audio version, don't worry. I didn't forget about you. Shoot a five-star review. Let the people know how much you like the show we're trying to get to 3,000 subscribers over here on youtube we ain't close but if you keep enjoying the content you keep coming back perhaps today is the day that you subscribe and help me reach that goal but most importantly let's enjoy the episode enjoy the offseason we got a long one and we are in it right now so let's just cut right to the chase what about the idea of tagging michael pittman jr and then using him as a Focal point in a trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. to Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, again, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. Please don't mistake it for that. I'm not even saying this is what I want to happen. I'm not even saying it's likely. In fact, it's beyond likely. It's highly unlikely, right? I'm not so certain Ballard won't trade back, let alone trade up. I mean, we had the opportunity to trade up to number one last year, although I never thought we should have done that. But Chris Ballard, in a move that took balls of steel, by the way, may I add, just sat there at number four. So the odds that he trades up are basically slim to none. But at the same time, you look at the NFL draft order, which I was supposed to have up on my screen and completely forgot about it. But you kind of look at what's there just to kind of get an idea as to what this may be, right? You have Chicago at number one, who stole that pick from sleepy Frank Reich last year. The genius that is loses his job midseason. Don't mean it to disrespect him, but at the same time, what a terrible job he did. Thank goodness we don't have him. You have Chicago at number one, right? That's a team you have a lot of quarterbacks available in this draft, like a really good quarterback class, quite frankly. Are they sticking with fields? Are they drafting a quarterback? If they're not drafting a quarterback, you have Washington behind them, who everyone thinks is, despite the fact that I kind of like Sam Howell, most people would expect Washington to draft a quarterback. Is it possible that New England would trade up past Chicago to number one to make sure they get their choice above Washington? If they were to do that, you'd then have Chicago, 
and Arizona, presumably as the two teams that would draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, Chicago also has the ninth pick in the draft. Now, make no mistake, you got teams in Arizona, the Chargers, the Giants, Tennessee, right? Basically, any team on here, starting with Arizona, that and even the Patriots, I wouldn't be surprised if they passed up on the quarterback and did it. All of these teams would take Marvin Harrison Jr. if he was available to them, right? So the Colts could take Michael Pittman Jr. and trade up to, again, now I'm speaking hypothetically if the Bears were to trade back. They could either trade to Chicago to move up past Arizona, and they could give them Michael Pittman Jr. and, like, I don't know, next year's first-round pick, right? Next year's first-round pick, I would say. They could give them that to ultimately get up there. Now, if it takes this first year's round pick, you know, whatever, right? I'm just explaining the scenario. I'm not even advocating for or against it. I'm just bringing it up to see what you guys think of it. You trade up there, Michael Pittman Jr. on the franchise tag on the pick, or you could do the same thing with Arizona at number four. Anything other than that, you're just not going to get him, right? But these are the options that you would have as far as trading up for Marvin Harrison Jr., Notice how that wasn't in the title because I don't like to partake in this nonsense. But at the same time, if we're going to talk about a La La Land scenario, this is something that in theory, the value is there where it would work, right? Where you could tag Michael Pittman Jr., the combination of him and a first round pick can absolutely get you a trade up to Marvin Harrison Jr. or get you damn close. The team that you're talking to is certainly listening, right? We can do this or we can just pay the man a contract that he clearly deserves, and just call it a day, right? For a guy in Chris Ballard, who I defend religiously, I'm willing to put my stamp on it, there is not a single other Colts talking head that you know that defends Chris Ballard half as much as I do, okay? I I, I love Chris Ballard. It just is what it is. If you are to lose Michael Pittman Jr. in free agency this season, you roll into next season with Josh Downs, Alec Pierce, presumably another rookie-wide receiver that you would hope he drafts in the first round, despite the fact that we've never seen him do that before, right? So we would see perhaps another rookie wide receiver and then of some free agent guy that is nowhere near as good as Michael Pittman Jr. to help supplement that loss, right? You go into next season worse offensively with everything that you know Shane Steichen has shown you that he can bring to the table here. With Anthony Richardson on his rookie deal, not paying for a quarterback, which is beautiful for them from a spending standpoint as Chris Ballard has gone out to mention it's just one of those situations where if you were to lose Michael Pittman Jr. in free agency it's the type of thing that could lose Chris Ballard a job maybe not this season but if the Colts were to not perform right I'm not saying that is going to happen and quite frankly I am more than confident in the fact that Michael Pittman Jr. is going to get extended with the Indianapolis Colts but if he did not well Chris Ballard would have some explaining to do that's just the facts and it may be the move that we were to look back on in, let's say, a year's time in next offseason and say that was the one that lost Chris Ballard his job. Again, I don't predict it for you. I'm just kind of explaining what is on the line, in my opinion, with Michael Pittman Jr.'s contract right here, and I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to think it's okay for Michael Pittman Jr. to just be out of here, right? There's no shot. There's no world where the Indianapolis Colts come out on the other end better if they lose Michael Pittman Jr., period. That just is what it is. Barring a franchise tag and trade-up for Marvin Harrison Jr., which is not going to happen. And I don't even think that would make them better, but it would be something from like a financial standpoint that, that might work. Because, number and obviously, Marvin, we know how great Marvin Harrison Jr. is. I'm not even getting into all that. And he's box office, all of that. 
right? But you would have to, you would essentially put off paying the guy for another four years. And perhaps because he got his NIL money, these guys won't be as quick to, to turn the gun on the organization, right? When the time comes, but that is pretty much it. That's the entire episode. And that's kind of what I have to say about Michael Pittman Jr. It's likely that it's going to be slow in the news cycle. So that is what it is in terms of, you know, this contract. I don't think we're going to learn anything about it probably until the second week of March. So with that, that is all. My name is Justin. This right here was the Riding the Bench Colts podcast. And as always, go Colts.